It's good to be saved this morning. Amen. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Ruth chapter number 2. Try to give you this little thought the Lord has put on my heart. I've been chewing on this, and particularly for this meeting. And I'm thankful for the Lord guiding us and directing us. Thankful for our pastor and Miss Nolita and the church. And thankful for Preacher's Heart for Missions and Missionaries. Amen. My favorite missionary in the world is here this morning, my brother. Amen. No offense to any of the rest of y'all. Amen. And that's, it's that bald fellow back there that looks nothing like me. Amen. And uh, we look nothing like, but I'm thankful for this meeting. And I want to tell you, pray for the Who Will Go conference that we got this weekend in East Tennessee, Spring City, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church. And just pray for what all God's doing in that. And if we can ever be a help to any of you missionaries or anybody considering missions, that's our desire. Amen. Brother Ellis has been helping us with that. Brother Brother Caldwell and several others. Brother Nathan Saunders, they've been helping us. It's amazing what God's doing. If we can ever help you, I, I don't want to just tell young people to do something for God. I want to take them by the hand and help them, to show them and train them how to do something for God. Amen. I don't have all the answers, but God's surrounded me with a bunch of men that have a lot more wisdom and knowledge than I do. I mean, Brother Nathan's clearly a lot older than me. Amen. And uh, we, he's got a lot more miles on him. Amen. And that wisdom comes with that. Amen. But uh, I'm thankful for all that God's doing. Let's stand for the reading and reverence of God's Word. I, I feel like it's the cream of the crop here this morning. I've even asked the Lord, Lord, are you sure this is what you want us to preach this morning? I'm absolutely positive this is the message the Lord has for, my, for, for me this morning. Uh, Ruth chapter number 2, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said, excuse me, unto Naomi, let me now go, look at this, to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hat was uh, to light on a part of the field Belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. Lord, thank you for this day, dear Lord. Thank you for all you've done for us today. I pray, dear God, that you forgive me of where I failed you since the last spoke. Fill me with your spirit. Give us liberty and unction to preach the word of God. Please touch our hearts with this text this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you. Might be seated. Uh, this morning, we've heard a lot of good preaching out of the book of Ruth. There's a lot of men actively preaching on the book of Ruth right now, and I'm thankful for that. But I'm glad that this is an inexhaustible book. Amen. And I begin to think upon Ruth in the, the light of missions a few weeks ago and begin chewing on this and just thinking on it. And God began to give us some thoughts. And this is what I want to preach on this morning. When God brings the field to your front door. Amen. When God brings the field to your front door. In, in 1950, we had roughly 3.5 billion people on this planet. And I'm not going to ask who was alive in 1950. That's your business. Amen. Uh, but we, I, I, I begin to look. We had 3.5 billion people on our planet in 1950. And over 100,000 missionaries leaving America going to other countries. Today we're encroaching upon 8 billion people in our plan, on our planet. 8 billion people. And tonight, this afternoon, this morning, I'm going to say it several different ways today. Amen. Uh, but Brother Laddie, we have less than 30,000 missionaries leaving America 
going to other countries. And uh, we've had uh, missions since 1812 in America. Uh, Adoniram Judson left. He went to uh, began to go. He went to India. Ended up in Burma. And our, our we got a rich heritage in America of God allowing people to leave our shores and go to others. Uh, but the window has been begin to close. And even with this uh, pandemic and all that stuff that we're facing, uh, the the door in some places have begun to close. There's places we just they won't let us go into anymore because of the political things and all that. And I'm not getting into that. But uh, what I've noticed over the past few years, have y'all ever heard of illegal immigration? I know it's not talked about much, but um, I began to think that about all the melting I learned in government class in high school that we have, we live in a melting pot in America. And I do not believe God did that on accident. I believe God did that on purpose. And this morning, what we have maybe not done all we can with the liberty we have to reach the world. Now, I'm not talking about our church in particular. I believe our church is doing a wonderful job at getting out the Great Commission. Uh, but this morning, uh, the churches as a whole, I believe, we may maybe haven't taken that commission seriously and we've not done all we could to get the 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 the, the, the word to the mission field and I believe God has been gracious enough uh, listen I'm a red-blooded American can I get an amen I'm a constitutionalist can I get an amen right there I'm a conservative say amen right there hey but I'm gonna tell you this morning I, I'm a Christian before I'm a constitutionalist I'm a biblicist before I'm an American and this one, I want them to come here the right way. I believe we have that written into our documents uh, where they can come here the right way. Oh, but tonight, this one, I'm not worried about how they come uh, as, a, as, a, as a Christian. I'm not necessarily worried about how they come. I'm not worried about their citizenship here. I'm concerned about their citizenship in glory and in eternity. And this morning, I don't want to look at this as, a, as a, an American. This one, I want to look at it as a Christian. And yes, I'm upset that they're coming in by the droves. I'm upset that they're not doing it right. Oh, but as a Christian, I'm thankful that we get one more chance and God has opened up the gates and he's brought the mission field to us this morning. So this morning I want to preach on that thought when God brings the field to our front door. The first thing I see is the origin. And listen, I'm not going to take time to read the book of Ruth this morning. I read that. Many of you have already read that. Most of us have. We're familiar with the text, but the origin of this mission field is Moab. And uh, if you know anything about Moab, Moab is one of the last remnants of Sodom and Gomorrah. Did you know that Lot got his children out of Sodom, but he never got Sodom out of his children? Amen. And it, this is one of the lingering effects of sin in raising our families. I don't have time to preach all that, but it is a remnant of Sodom and Gomorrah. God actually addresses Moab twice. He speaks directly about Moab in the Psalms. And this is what God has to say about Moab. God calls Moab his wash pot twice. I looked that up this morning. And, and, and in the old dictionary, it said that it was a, a pot of meanest Uses. The mo I'm just going to leave it at that. The most horrible uses. 
That's what God called Moab. That was, that was his description. Not mine, not the Baptist. That was God's description of Moab. Uh, they, they had wicked religion. They were pagan. Somebody say amen right there. If you know anything about this, they're actually cousins to Israel and they had treated Israel wrongly. There's a lot of bad things about Moab. This is a mission field that God had brought here because they were not willing to leave and go to Moab. I've, I've been asking myself this question over the past few days. What if Elimelech and Naomi would have went to Moab as missionaries instead of members of society? I believe this story may have happened a little differently. It would have finished out a little differently. This morning I see the origin of this mission field and I have to wonder, are there pagan societies out there outside? Our country's turned into a pagan society. Amen? Uh, we no longer trust in God like we once did, but nonetheless we've got, we've got country after country country uh, that is outside of our borders that are pagan and they've forgotten God and they've never trusted in God. They never stood on God but for some reason or another God has allowed them to come here. Amen. I see the origin of this field but number two I see the orders. Look at chapter 1 verse 12 or verse 11. I do want to read this. I'll back up to verse 10. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. They wanted to go back. There was something in them, a desire that they would rather go back with Naomi and live in Bethlehem, possibly homeless, without a husband, than to go back to their family and to their gods. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husband? Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stand for them from having, for ha from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. Listen to me this morning. There is a, there is a, uh, a principle in the law in Deuteronomy 25.5. Brother Samuel and Brother Sasser could preach that a lot better than I could. But there is a provision in the law, a word in the law that says that if a man, a man dies, his brother is to raise up seed to his brother. I'm not being ugly here, but Naomi is literally using the scripture, that scripture. Y'all see that here. She's saying, if I had other sons, would you wait for them? She's, being, she's asking him this. She's literally using the word of God to tell these girls to go to hell. And I'm not being vulgar. I'm not being ugly. I'm not being off color. But she's, she's literally telling them, you, you just go on and go into eternity without God. Trying to, using the Bible, Brother Bobby. That was, her, that was what she was doing. And I'm afraid a lot of times we see the, the world and the culture and we, we, in our minds, well, well, they're on their way to hell. They're on their way to hell. And that's what the Bible teaches. They are on their way to hell. But this morning, that's not all the Bible teaches. Hey, we've got to give them the bad news because the, the good news won't mean anything unless the bad news gets there first. But I'm afraid Naomi cut it a little short here. She could have given them some good news. You say, preacher, what's the good news? That all from Abraham and all through the law, there was a provision for the stranger to come in. Hey, when God told Abraham, by thee all the nations of the earth would be blessed, he wouldn't mean and wait till Jesus comes for them to be blessed by you. No, it was God's design 
He called out a people that he might show forth his glory to the heathen. Hey, you know what God did? He was so interested in the heathen. He told the Jews in Psalms, he said, if you're not going to go after them, you know what I'll do? I'll give the heathen as an inheritance to my son when he gets here. They had orders. And it's very few and far between in the Old Testament of when the Jews were actually acting in these orders and bringing the stranger in. We got an example in the, in the book of, 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 of Joshua. I preached about that the other morning about Rahab getting in. There was a provision for the stranger. You say, how many of them can get in? They told Rahab that whosoever gets behind this cord can be saved. Hey, can I tell you that whosoever will was, is not just a New Testament doctrine but whosoever will it was an Old Testament doctrine it was their orders they had a great commission to go and bring the stranger in y'all remember Jonah kicking and screaming I mean literally God had to like make him be vomited up God, God went all that way He wasn't trying to reach Jonah. He was trying to reach Nineveh. And then he sat there and had a pouting fest when revival did break out. Because he had orders. I'm afraid in our day the Great Commission has become the Great Omission. If we continue the trend I was talking about earlier, Brother Bobby, they're, they're saying by like 2060, we won't have any missionaries leaving out of our country going to other countries. We've got to begin to replicate ourselves. God may be sending illegals here. I've seen it happen over and over again through the years where an illegal will get saved, they get discipled, and then they go back to their country. You reckon God may have something to do with that? We've got orders this morning. You know what? Romans 11 says this, that because of us, the, the, the church of the living God, that we are to live in such a way that we are to provoke the Jew unto jealousy. Did y'all know that? That's God's design. So in the Old Testament, God gave the orders to the Jews to live in such a way that would glorify God and would, and would cause the rest of the world to come to God because of jealousy. But guess what? God's flipped it on us now and He's given the church, He's picking, He's chosen out of people, He's given the church the same orders that we would live in such a way that we would provoke the Jew under jealousy. You say, preacher, how do we do that? Romans 12, 1 and 2, in its context, is talking about that verse. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Hey, we got to live it in such a way that they want what we have. I'll say this and I'll move on. Nobody will care about the gospel coming from our lips until they see it coming from our life. I see the origin. I see the orders. But then I see the opposition. I'm going to give you three quick things here. There's an opposition. Uh, There's racial opposition here. There was a race issue. Can I just be frank here this morning? In the South, a lot of times, I'm not saying anybody here, but I'm just saying in general, we deal with racial issues where we don't go to certain people because of race. Amen. If you want to know where we need churches, get an electoral college map. Put your finger on the blue 
and start praying for God to send forth laborers there. Say, why would you do that, preacher? I challenge you, go find the blue. It's inner cities. We failed to evangelize, so our country is being vandalized. We've not had a lot of church plants, so we've got a lot of church splits. Did y'all know this? Listen to me. Below Macon in Georgia, the Nat Line. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The Nat Line. Nobody wants to live down there. Can I get an amen right there? They don't have any mountains down there. They don't know how to sing the parts down there. Anyways, y'all pray for me. If you're here from South Georgia, bless your heart. Amen. It makes all that that I just said okay because I said bless your heart. Amen. (laughs) Did you know that below Macon there's 13 whole counties that do not have an independent Baptist church? And I can take my finger... And preacher, I can find every, every county. If you lay the, the B-Salt maps over the Electoral College maps, the red on the B-Salt maps saying that we don't have a church there lines up with the blue of where they're wanting to kill babies. Yeah. And they're voting to turn our country socialistic. And That's right. There's racial tension in our country, isn't there? Well, yes. We cannot let that stop us from going after somebody different than us Amen. with the gospel. There are religious oppositions. They don't, if they're a different religion, they don't a lot of times want what we have. But God didn't just call us to Baptists. Amen? The world needs to be evangelized. And they, hey, listen, no matter if they're the same religion or the base or whatever, we have to give an answer to every man according to the faith which is in us. Amen. I remember when Brother, Brother Kirtman was on deputation and everybody was telling him how hard it was going to be in Mormon country and all that. And it is hard and it is difficult. But I'm glad that he went to a different type of group of people than we, than we are familiar with here in the South. I know there's Mormons here. Somebody say amen. I love talking to them. Amen. I made one of them so mad one day, Brother Kirtman, talking to them about the Bible, that one of them punched their car. I guess they're all in cars now, no more bicycles. But they punched their car, cussed me. The head, the head elder told him to get in the car, and I'll deal with you when I get back to the Lord. And he said, he said, I'll stand with Joseph Smith and Jesus against you at the judgment seat. I said, for what? You don't believe there's a hell. Where am I going to go if you stand against me? Amen. <laughs> Anyways, y'all pray for me. Amen. We have to, listen, we have to take, we got to get in this book and learn how to combat false religion. Amen. Had a young man talk to me last week, a young black man. We were, he was, we were, it was just a divine appointment. I just got picked up in the airport. He was stranded in a parking lot and his name was Arion. And I began to talk with him and he, he, I asked him if he'd ever grown up in church or anything. He said, years ago, he said, but I don't believe that anymore. I said, well, what do you believe? He said, well, I believe that in reincarnation, and I said, I said, okay. He said, yeah. He said, I believe my energy never goes away. I said, guess what, Arian? You're right. I think it shocked him. I said, you're exactly right. I said, you're not. I said, look, look, look. I said, number one. I said, Arian, you're a human right now. I said, if you follow your, your doctrine out, I said, you're, I said, you're a Hindu. I said, if you follow your doctrine out... You're a human right now. I said, are you living very good, Arian? He said, oh, no. I said, what do you think you're going to come back as next time? I said, it ain't going to get any better than this. I said, next time you may be an ant. I said, now you're wrong about that part. 
I said, but here's what you're right about. I said, you call it energy. I said, I call it your soul and spirit. And I said, your soul and spirit are going to live forever somewhere. I said, they're going to be heaven or it's going to be hell. I said, you call it energy, but the Bible calls it your soul and spirit. And I said, Aaron, if you don't repent and believe the gospel, your soul, your spirit, your energy, whatever you want to call it, it's going to spend forever in hell. We've got to go after those different... i, I got to move on. I, but then there's, there's a reciprocating of opposition. Most of the time, they don't like us. Yes. Amen. Yes. Do, you, do you think... I'm not being racist here when I say this, but do you think the jihadists in the Middle East want a white, westernized American coming to them? I'm not talking, brother, brother, brother Sasser was talking about the Arabs and Sunday morning. There are, there are people, there are Arabians that are not Muslims. Did you know that? There are Arabians that are Muslims that still are nice. Don't let 9-11 make you think that everybody, everybody's shouting out all a snack bar and wanting to fly a plane into something. Amen? Y'all help me now. That, amen? They, listen, they are waiting for somebody. Listen, they may not want our religion, but they're wanting somebody to love them because all they've ever known is hate. Hey, they don't have peace in their heart and they need what we have. Those Mormons, they don't have peace in their heart. Did y'all know this? And, and it may have changed in the past three years, but the last time I looked, that the, the most religious state in the country is Utah. Is that still right, Brother Nathan? But it's also Utah is the highest usage of pornography and antidepressants in our country. You know what that lets me know? That they have more religion, but they have a deeper hole than anybody. They need it. I'm burdened this morning. They may not want what we got, but that's not... God didn't just call us for old time, to old-time Bible-believing Christians. Aren't you glad somebody brought it to you when you didn't want it? Aren't you glad, Brother Todd, when you didn't want it, God sent somebody that was consistent and labored and more? Aren't you glad that when you were in the gutter or you were on the wrong side of Calvary, God sent somebody that despite the racial tension or the, or the religious tension, or, are you not even liking them? God brought somebody to where you were at and gave you the gospel. Amen. I see the origin, the orders. I see the opposition, but... Then I see the ordaining. Say, preacher, what did God do to get the field to our front door? Well, here he, he let Elimelech and Malon and Chilion die. He let a famine come to place. Yes. You say, preacher, does God, call, does God do that? Listen, God gave us a perfect earth and we ruined it. Then God sent forth His Son in fullness, when fullness of time had come to redeem the world and we hung Him on a cross. And for the last 2,000 years, we put our fist in his face and blasphemed him. Everything that comes out on us, we deserve it. Amen. We're not humanists this morning. God didn't do wrong. God, can, God, God should have wiped us out a long time ago, but His mercies are new every morning. Hey, we all deserve to be in hell. Hey, but this morning, He's been gracious. And I didn't even outline, but I, I got to say that. God didn't, God didn't cause the death. God didn't cause the famine. God didn't cause all the heartache and trouble, but God used it to get the field to Boaz's front door. Y'all see that? 
Do I like the Haitians going up through Mexico? How did all these poor Haitians get across the Gulf of Mexico to march up through Mexico, or get across the Gulf of Mexico to march up Mexico with free cell phones? Democrats. Democrats. That's that's an easy question to answer. I mean, they're dropping Syrian refugees off in our cities at night and not even telling anybody about it. And, And as an American, that makes me mad. But as a Christian, I'm like, what an opportunity. God ordained it. And I'm not being ugly, but maybe if we would have done more to go to them, God wouldn't have brought them here. God's more, listen, God's more concerned about preserving people's lives in eternity than He is about preserving our Constitution. And I believe in it. Preacher, I believe in it. I'm not being anti-American this morning. But we failed to go, so God's bringing it right here. That's what happened. Do y'all realize that the book of Ruth is right in the middle of the book of Judges? It is a manifestation of how bad God's people had gotten. And one of the key markers is that they failed to go to the world, so God brought the world to them. Maybe the judgment of God on us is that He's tearing down our sovereignty and our, our borders and our walls and our government. But as a Christian, it's a blessing that we might not be able to go where they're at. That's right. But they're coming to us. That's During right. the tent meeting, we, we kept going in, and I'm almost done. We kept going into to these low-income housing and stuff, and I couldn't talk to everybody because it was like everywhere I went, there was a different language, Brother Laddie. Haitians and people from St. Croix and people from Trinidad and people from St. Vincent and St. This and St. That and Mexico and all over the place. Brother Nathan, we begin to have Haitians. Have y'all heard of Haitians lately? We begin to have Haitians come to the tent meeting. And they wouldn't get in it quick, preacher, because they, can't, they could only understand about every third word, but they kept coming. Yeah. And y'all know what? I've never been to Haiti. I'm, I don't speak French. I can't speak Creole. I can't do that. But Brother Alverson, God saved three Haitian people during that tent meeting because God brought them here. Amen. It's ordained of God. I, I got the last thing I, I'm doing is there's an opportunity. Do you know that Boaz wasn't the first one that had the opportunity to be a missionary in this chapter, in this book? If you go to chapter four, there's a nearer kinsman. He could have been a missionary first, but he wouldn't. Brother Bobby, this is what this is what he said. He said, "I would do it, Boaz, but it would mar my inheritance." You know what he was saying? He's saying, I would, Boaz, but that's below me. I wonder if if that's in any of our hearts tonight or this morning. I I, I found it in my heart before. It's below me. I grew up in an area where they wouldn't run buses because they were afraid little kids from the the trailer parts and the ghetto would come in and mess up their church building. God may take away our church buildings if if that's our mentality. I'm glad somebody ran a bus down his yard. Amen. Little, a little bus kid. Amen. Went for a candy cane. Glory to God. From the wrong side of the tracks. There's people, there's churches. It's amazing, preacher. There's a, I know a bunch. There's nine churches in that Indiana Gospel Fellowship. But there's a lot more that I know up there that we all know. All those pastors know. And it's like during the fall, their, their phones quit working. They send us Christmas cards in the winter, but they won't answer our phones during the tent time. 
Brother Jason, this is what we found out this year. Some of them just won't come because they're not willing to bring their people to where we're putting the tent up at. I believe this this morning. God is a lot more concerned with the sinner than He is our buildings and our, our, our empires and our, all of our accolades. I believe this this morning. God wants us to go where they're at. John 4, and I'm done. John 4, Jesus is there in, in Samaria. He's just won this woman to the Lord. She's going back to tell the city. The disciples are coming there's a racial tension there. There's religious tension. It's all dealt with. There's reciprocating tension. I mean, she does not like him. Amen. And the Jews don't like her. Can I get an amen? She gets saved, Brother Bobby. She's going back. They had to have passed each other on the trail that day. The disciples come back. And they are, they've done something for Jesus. They've went. They've got him food. They're trying to get him to eat, Brother John. They, they're, they're not doing anything sinful or wicked or bad. But Jesus is trying to get their eyes off of what they think is so important to God. That's right. And get their eyes on the harvest that's coming over the hill. Yeah. And I believe this is the, part, the, the reason for this meeting. Is to get our eyes off of some things. Maybe they, they are for God. But are they the most important thing? That's and right. get our eyes on the harvest once again. God has brought the field to our front door. Amen. Put your